talking. I can cut the laptop. Don't even bother. Just leave the talking. Welcome back to Fuck Theory Presents The Pod Zone. Or at least I am Mike Zone and this is Joel Pod. My name is Joel Pod, that is correct. So what are we gonna talk about today, Mike? Well, it sounds like we're about to uh, do some some mild interviewing in order to uh, reestablish who we are so our viewers know who we are to be telling them anything. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I figured it would be good to kind of go back and tell each of our individual stories um, as we got involved in music. Because something I was actually looking on Facebook, and uh, we met in 2016. So that's only been four, like summer of 2016. Mm. So Were, it, we only met then, or was that just when we became Facebook friends? Well, I think that is when we met, because I've been wondering when it was, like which show, because I remember it was after Porter Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the the time we did the Porter Robinson show. Right. Um, and it would have been like summer 2016. So, yeah, it's always hard to remember for some reason. And I, I think that makes sense. Cause yeah, I came to van for a bunch of shows, but I swear I met you before that. Cause I used to stay over at the house a couple times. Like I've stayed over because like Lou would let me stay there. Maybe I did meet you before Porter. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough to say because I I do remember that the one of the first days that we hung out was oh yeah you walked by us on the street in Vancouver and said hi and then we randomly uh, me and my ex we just like randomly bumped into each other and then we ended up going over to your place. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that, and that, was, that would yeah. would have been around 2016 because I think I moved to Vancouver in 2015, so that would have been. And then, oh, that, yeah, yeah, then definitely. So I think it was 2016, summer of 2016, because um, I would have moved the year before that. So I spent a year in Vancouver, which totally makes sense, because I remember that old place on Harwood. Mm. Um, that was a... <laughs> remember my, <laughs> my studio back then was like just the corner of the kitchen. I just convinced Lou to let me set up. It was literally just the saddest thing. Oh, uh, yeah, that was good. It was so tucked away. I still had that piano. I just had piano and two HS8s and the computer, and that was about it. Man, things have changed. Yeah, I didn't even have a computer. I think I bought it. I made my computer not even... When I met you, you were using a laptop. Yeah, that was... Sure it was a MacBook, and you were on Logic. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, so 2015, I would have been still on Logic Pro, and, uh, and yeah, just using that e- Akai EIE. I think of my... Uh, oh, no! <laughs> the gear I used to record is kind of like the era, using oh. Akai EIE, and I also had, like, sure... SH50 headphones before that. They were even worse than my M50s I have now. But yeah, oh my God. That EIE, I still have it, but it died so bad. Remember, it would just change the sample rate all the time? Oh, dude, that thing was a nightmare. It was literally like your computer would just crash like every 10 minutes or whatever. You'd have to like restart it and like close Ableton. It's a pretty bad, bad. it's a pretty bad piece of kit. So um, I wouldn't recommend it anybody buy them they look cool because they have vu meters which is why i was like wow i want to get that they got like analog uh vu meters that move when the volume comes in but yeah. oh my god dude not worth it because akai is actually not terrible like the apcs i have are as from controller perspective uh akai is good but not from an interface perspective don't get 
the yayi. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's weird. I guess you'd expect them to do it, but at the same time, it seems like the the brands that do things really well are way more focused on just that side of things. Like Native yeah. Instruments doesn't really make like um, uh, sound cards. Uh, like they have some, but they don't really make sound cards. You know, like Apollo does, or like a, sorry, AUD. Is it AUD? Apollo. Uh, Apollo Twin. Are you talking about? It's not I, I know who you're talking about, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, the Apollo stuff. The the good interface. Oh my god, why well, can't I even remember these right now? I'm pretty sure it's AD. Audient? No, it's not Audient, no, right? It's, it's not, the brand it's that made Audient. Apollo, right? Uh, yeah. I can't yeah. even spell Apollo. Just okay. type in Apollo. Twin. Universal Auto. Yeah, Universal oh, Audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah UAD. UAD. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah, right. so. I just, we both had a brain fart right there. Yeah, that was bad. Anyway, so yeah, they don't make like. Um, MIDI controllers. You know, they only make interfaces. Personas doesn't make a MIDI controller. Yeah. You know. They make so, a DAW, which I've tried. <laughs> Studio One. It's kind of trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should stick to making interfaces. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's actually, it's got, it's very much similar to a logic workflow, but yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of DAWs out there that you wouldn't even really realize. Like a lot of uh, interfaces come with some sort of DAW, um, <laughs> but the UAD stuff, I'm pretty sure it comes with Pro Tools. So that's why it's, uh, you gotta feel so bad for those developers they're like you know they're working on a DAW and they just know that it's not that good not so like be used. all day long they're just like writing it it's like the free software that you get with I guess it doesn't matter if you're having fun but if you're just starting out like you need somewhere to go you know so yeah that uh it's, it's better it's probably more beneficial for them to spend their time like creating a DAW that just like works so that if someone buys an interface they don't have to also go buy Pro Tools or you know whatever else at yeah. least that way like people will be more inclined to just go spend money buying an interface if they you know know that they're going to be able to use it right away if they're just starting out yeah it's probably the probably the biggest thing that's gotten rid of those is GarageBand just because it's such a competent uh, DAW for being like completely free with every Mac, and most people yeah. I know, at least at least in the last ten years, everybody creative that does music has a Mac. So it's like, okay, well, you just get a DAW for free, no matter what. <laughs> you just get a DAW. You yeah. get a DAW. You get a DAW. <laughs> Except for Windows users. No, Windows users do not actually, and that's really funny. Um, I might get to that story um, later, depending on your questions. But uh, Windows does actually come with a DAW. It's just not very good. Really? Okay, well, we'll leave that for later. Do you want to start uh, asking me questions or vice versa? Um, okay, so, well, um, why don't I start asking you? That I think that's a better idea. Sure, yeah. I don't think mine will be quite as long because... Well, that's exactly. So that's that I don't want to, like, take forever and then you don't even have time. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just start there. Um, okay, yeah, so... We're going way back. I'm I'm curious. Like, what was your actual first like memory of listening to music and like experiencing it? Do you remember way back then? And like, what was that music? What you know? What were your parents showing you? Yeah. So I would have to say that this. I think I'm kind of. I don't know if I'm not the norm, but I have very bad specific memory going back oh. even a couple of years. Um, mm. So I honestly don't even remember, like, because I can barely even remember the time that we met. Like, I remember specifics, but also, but not times very well. What I can remember though is like I can remember kind of general things from my childhood, and something that was always pretty prevalent. I would say like a really really young age is I would basically just hum music to myself that I would not other people's songs. I would be literally making up a song in my head 
um, just on the fly per se. Like I'd be like writing a melody in my head kind of thing. And I would be visualizing that in my head. So I don't know if that's normal, but I always kind of felt like I had musical ideas in my head, even at a really early age. Like I'd say probably f- when I was seven and eight, I used to really, uh, I'd have just kind of me- things being generated in my head per se. And I would just be kind of thinking about it. Um, which hmm. is kind of what I do now when I write, I just think of like whatever comes to my head and then I write it down. Um, but in terms of kind of outside of my head and influences, my mom isn't musical really that much. I was, it's funny that probably the most music that we listened to repeatedly was the, uh, big shiny tunes and like the now 17 CDs. Wow. Okay. Um, and we used to have like an old CD player. I did listen to cassettes before, but those are maybe mainly like children's storybooks. Um, but I did okay. have a cassette player briefly. I remember that. All right. But the songs that I would say were the most, the ones that are like, I can actually remember were like big shiny tunes and, uh, wow. And, uh, what's the other one? And now, and I, we had like every single CD and I just had, remember oh, I had, you had like, a lot of them. It wasn't just like one CD. You like had, a, had the whole collection, the whole thing. Yeah. And I remembered knowing like which songs I liked and I would like go find the one I wanted, throw it in the CD and then skip to the right track. So at, at my mom's side, so my parents are divorced, but at my mom's side, that was mainly what we listened to early on but it wasn't like my mom just had those cds it wasn't really like there was a specific influence and then on my dad's side he is an it guy so he actually ran a file server like i do like i do now and he has all the mp3s because he was that was back in the napster days and we listened to literally every single disney song like we had every single mm. disney soundtrack so that's definitely ingrained in my brain quite a bit we would have like all the just the, the audio brain files brain. yeah and on my dad's side it was always winamp i don't know if you ever used that uh, yeah, I know of, I remember, it's very, very deep in my memory. I, I think I remember, like, what it used to look like. It's the old Windows uh, back on XP. I mean, you still had to download it, but I remember all the different skins. I'd be messing around with the, yeah, the skins yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I totally did that, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, uh, a lot of Winamp, a lot of now, Big Shiny Tunes, listened to a lot of Disney, a lot of ABBA, but this is all early enough that it, I wouldn't say that it formed anything too specific in my brain. So, the, I mean, that's really all I can say from a, a early on phase. I did also take piano lessons when I was five, mm, which was okay. really important, I think. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, if you're saying that you don't really even remember the music you were listening to when you were that age, but you do remember taking piano lessons, then your first experience wasn't even of listening to music. It was more of playing it. E- exactly. Yeah. Um, and I always, I mean, my piano lessons were very basic. I only spent three years. Um, so you don't get, yeah. Um, but it's not too in depth. Um, basically, basically, you know, I learned, I think up to like peckable, peckable cannon. I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore, but like I could play that. Um, that's funny. I played that too. Yeah. And it, it was good, I think for training my ears to hear because I, I really can hear melodies and harmonies really well now. Pardon me? Pachabble cannon. That's what I (laughs) say. Um, yeah, so go on, go on, you melodies, remember them? Yeah, so I think that that definitely, um, I wouldn't say that, because I play piano now too, mm-hmm. although that's a bit of a lie because I can't perform it live. I mean, I probably could if I practiced a bunch, but it's more from a writing, as a writing tool. Okay. But I think uh, it's probably the most important instrument when it comes to how I perceive uh, melody, harmony, and all that stuff, um, because... I think it's because I started at such an early age writing with it and playing and, you know, just 
playing three chords, like one, three, five, that kind of stuff. So I, I definitely, that's for me when I approach most songs, then that's kind of probably why I start with harmony as well. But it, from an early age, I think that that always kind of influenced me. Cool. Okay. Um, it's funny. I was just looking at the, uh, the big shiny tunes, uh, some of the, the lists of music on those. And it's funny because to me, I'm like big shiny tunes. I'm like, that's so dumb. But like at the same time, like those CDs had all of the, all of the songs that everybody remembers from that era. Exactly. So it's yeah. like you learned all of the main stuff. So like when you go to a club, you probably know like every song. I know. Like, I know all. It's I like would, if it's top forty stuff. Like you'd probably like. They've got some heavy stuff. They got Melon Manson on number two. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. Just one sec. You're kind of cutting out in um, Teen Can you just disconnect and reconnect? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Or maybe if you're on the VPN, kill that. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll do that. I'll... So a specific song, what you were asking, is there a specific song that I can remember first? Um, yeah, no, just like what was your first favorite song? Like if you remember yeah. way back, like whatever, what did you hear that was like, fuck yeah, I really like this. Like what was it? Well, so what's funny is um, it, the, the answer is Eminem, Lose Yourself. That's the first song, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because that's not an older song or a new song. But that, I heard, heard that. Um, Dude, that's old. That's old for sure because I was in elementary school when that shit was big. I was in like grade seven and you're yeah. younger than I am. So that's like definitely around the time when I was starting to even notice music. And so that's for sure. Yeah. So that's when I w- would say that I was really starting to notice it. So I'm, there's probably a gap between like I listened to lots of music. That we like when I played piano back then, my parents kind of just let us play things, and that was like from age five to six. And then I think from mm-hmm. like ages seven to like you know, 11 or 12 or 13, I didn't really care, and I don't really have any memories about music. The reason for that is because I was dealing with being a child, and you know, I was just there's other things that you're thinking about. Um, and then I remember starting to get kind of back into it when I got an iPod and iTunes, and that was really what started it. And the first song I got on iTunes was Lose Yourself. Um, and I remember being like, This is so sick! like just i know every single word to that song obviously it's like pretty uh pretty pretty interesting pretty important song <clears throat> culturally for like a lot of people oh yeah it was huge it was a huge song which is funny because for to me it's it doesn't affect me at all anymore i mean it's i like it but eminem is not one all the music yeah, i liked back then i it doesn't actually really affect me anymore i don't think oh yeah 100 percent. i, I yeah. feel that too there are definitely songs that i used to really love and like they're still nostalgic to me in a certain way. And some of them I still do love, but yeah. there are a lot of things that I used to love that I listen to it now. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So for me, it started uh, in iTunes um, when iTunes came out. So I listened to hilariously enough, Nickelback, uh, Linkin mm-hmm. Park, um, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And that would have been in 2008 ish. Um, listen to like, pretty much all the standard poppy stuff around then. Um, and that was me basically first getting into music. I wouldn't say I got too much into rock or punk. It was more just pop and hip hop, um, and just right. generally poppy stuff. Yeah. So when you mentioned Nickelback and Linkin Park, um, those are kind of like on the heavier side of pop as a kid for sure. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, people laugh at Nickelback right now and it's, and it's kind of funny and it's like, I laugh at them because I feel like their music is sort of like. It's too literal for me, and that's I think this is a problem is that it, it like comes across almost like country music, and it's just like so sad boy, but it's like trying to be heavy, <laughs> so it's like the message doesn't really fit the the yeah. sound of the music. But the thing about Nickelback, man, is that whoever's mixing that music is a fucking a, genius. Oh yeah, it's, that music is mixed perfectly. It sounds so good. Uh, yeah, I it's have nuts. no idea. Yeah. How do you achieve yeah. that? So yeah, Nickelback sounds amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's nothing. 
but uh, but they are so they sound kind of heavy too because they've got a pretty fat distorted guitar thing going on and, like so as a kid that's kind of heavy so you, did you like Linkin Park and stuff or do you even like or was it just kind of a random name you threw out I still like Linkin Park today um, I wouldn't say that I've listened to a song from them in the last year that being said there are classics mm-hmm. that I still have I have my playlist from so when I created iTunes I've never lost those playlists I actually still have those. Um, mm. So I actually have them just as, you know, a list of MP3 files in my file system. And I will go back and I'll listen to that era of my pl- my folders, essentially. And I, I can't listen to it for too long just because a lot of that kind of stuff is, from my opinion, pretty shallow or just not that interesting because my tastes have moved on. But um, but yeah, I know it. Linkin Park definitely for me is one of the ones that I still really like. Um, but I don't like the songs that you would probably think I like. I don't really like the the meme or, or the more popular ones or some of the less popular ones that I like. They're actually the heavier ones like bleed it out is a, I really like that song. Word. Yeah. That was a, that was one of their newer ones that came out after the first two albums. That was on their second. It's one. pretty screamy too, which is, one. yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I, no offense. I hate that song because they played it so many times on the radio yeah. that when I was working, I had to hear it like a hundred times a day. Like I swear <laughs> to God, it was on like, like it was on ev- once every time there was a show. So yeah. the shows yeah. were once every hour. So every hour oh, I would no. hear it bleed it out at least once or twice. And that was a problem. I didn't realize it was that so, popular. I for, It was big. I, bleed I, it out, digging deeper just to throw it away. Oh, I heard this hard so many times. So I've never listened to the radio for an extended period of time in my mm-hmm. entire life. So I, I, it's probably the most thing that I'm most sheltered about. I, mm-hmm. I curated playlists from the day when I started actually getting music. That's when I, you know, we still listened to music, but I was, I started with CDs and my dad's music that was stored on in, in folders as well. So really not a lot of radio for me. Yeah, me neither, except for when I worked. And that's the thing is I think anyone who works in a small enough environment where you can hear the radio most of the time, like clearly, like so anyone who works night shift in a small restaurant or like in in retail, anywhere that listens to actual radio, they will probably sympathize with the fact that you get really bored of music really quick, like and you start looking for your own. Like those people actually had a taste in music, whereas like people who don't listen to music or don't have to listen to the radio like they just don't bother searching for it, for it as much yeah what the radio gives you yeah and they're fine with it because they're not having to listen to it every hour on the hour kind of thing yeah um anyway okay so that's cool you uh, uh no songs actually come to mind but i got a little bit of a uh, an idea of what your music taste is the next thing i was going to ask is when did you first play an instrument but you said you took piano lessons when you were five so like that answers five to that. eight yeah but then and that was yeah, yeah sorry go ahead. Um, but then I, I would say in terms of actually seriously playing an instrument that affects me now is guitar. Um, and I picked that up when I was like 14. I bought a mm-hmm. Fender Strat and I've, that's been with me writing wise forever now. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, so these are, a lot of these questions are, are really uh, about firsts because I'm yeah. just curious about, I guess firsts are, are, you know, marking the milestones at least. So I'm trying to figure out like where the music uh, began so yeah the next thing is what was your first experience with uh, music production like when did that start yeah so um i would say kind of the phase when i actually started caring about music was as soon as i got itunes and i started being able to collect it um what happened then is i started making playlists um and from then i started my kind of my interest started to grow i started to explore got into dead mouse because obviously i come from an entirely electronic producing background um, I was always instrument in, in, or interested in analog instruments like guitar and piano, but I never thought about 
using them to write per se. I just kind of thought it was fun to play guitar or thought it was fun to play piano. Um, so kind of was making playlists, got into electronic music, obviously started with dead mouse. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, so he's obviously a pretty big influence. Um, Mm -hmm. and as I made more and more playlists, I kind of started to realize that I wanted to write music as well a little bit. I was kind of, you know, I, I, that sound in my head where I'd be like, I'd hear parts of songs kind of going places. I was like, Oh, maybe I can, I can also write my own stuff. So that's when I got into like garage band very briefly. And back then I was on a Mac, so I had a MacBook. Um, used GarageBand for a bit, and that was probably just like super basic stuff. But pretty quickly moved to Logic Pro. That was back when it was Logic Pro 9, and that's when I started producing. And that would have been, I mean, let me just, I actually still have these on my SoundCloud, so let me just bring it up. I'll tell you exactly when I did it, um, if I can find it here. Oh, I wonder how, I probably don't have to scroll down too far, but... Um, yeah, that would have been the start. And it was honestly, there's not even a genre to it. It was just me writing whatever came to my mind. And obviously mm-hmm. when you get, when you start an electronic production, you really just spend a whole lot of time, uh, doing random things and not having any <laughs> idea what's going on and be like, Oh, what does this knob do? Oh, what does this knob do? And like, I mean, I didn't have the slightest idea what a, a compressor was. Um, yeah. So eight years ago is when I started producing the my oldest track on soundcloud is eight years old it's called decisions of a dog it 2012 will, yeah so that and that's really? right and i went and saw deadmos in 2011 so basically a year after or eight years ago decision it's on the it's on the stream video and my uh my comment is feedback please exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark that is oh, a, no. well maybe we'll play that at some point but wow <laughs> that song is i had no yeah, idea about anything yeah 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 that's uh <laughs> that's hilarious i'd love to hear that yeah I'll, i mean i'll send you afterwards i don't know if i want to share it publicly but it's one of those ones oh, where man. like Fair. obviously i understood how songs should be structured from like a subconscious level but mm-hmm. like you know i listened to dead mouse listened to strobe and all that stuff but i had no idea like what gain was or all like what the le- level limiting was and uh it was just like distorting really bad and then the drops like quieter <laughs> than the build like so many terrible things that are just yeah and that's so common, actually. Uh, I I feel like a lot of people have that issue when they first start making music is that the build is always louder than the drop. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I can't really say too much about it, but I did basically consistently write music since eight years ago electronically. Um, so if I scroll through my my stuff, basically I have songs going up. I've got one from five years ago, uh, like five, six, seven years ago. That there's I've got tracks basically going all the way back, but. None of that stuff I'm really proud of at all. And it was all made in Logic, which is probably the root cause. <laughs> and I didn't know That's very funny. much. But yeah. So yeah, uh, 2012 would have been when I started, which is crazy okay. to think about. Um, and I had no tools at that point. So I had a guitar. I, well, I don't even know if I had a guitar back then, but didn't have a piano because I'd only played as a kid, but I didn't have a digital piano or anything. So everything was just keyboard and mouse. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. It's it's very um different. It's very very opposite. All so many things are opposite to my experience, but it's very interesting to hear that how that all came about. Yeah. Um and then the the last thing I was asking is or was going to ask is uh what do you uh what is it about making music that keeps you doing it? Um so I think it at first it was you know, when I first started doing it, I wanted to 
I like the idea of just like making a song and I was, it was pretty shallow at first. I was like, Oh, I want to be able to like make a song. Cause I, I looked up to these artists that I listened to and I wanted to be kind of cool at first. That's kind of what I thought about. Um, but kind of as it's gone on, I think that for me, what's most interesting is in what I've kind of realized, but often I, you know, I've got all this gear now I'm surrounded by a whole studio. I won't write for like a week and a half. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I do, it's really important and I just crank something out. Um, so it's almost like looping full circle. You know, when I, I was talking about how I have like a song in my head, I don't always have it in my head. But when I do, I want to be able to basically just sit down and do it because that song is like it's or that song or that sound or whatever it is. It's kind of tied to some emotion I'm having. And then the process of getting it down and creating something physical with it, that's super therapeutic. So I think that's kind of what it's become. At first, I just wanted to be kind of cool. And I wanted to be like, oh, look at Deadmos. That's so interesting. I want to be able to write electronic music. But now right. for me, it's more of just kind of an expressive thing. It's it's kind of like a release. Um, so, yeah, even like now I often I won't write for an extended period of time or, you know, a couple a week or so. But I find that within almost every week or week, week and a half, I always need to do something musical in terms of actually writing. Because I'm always listening to music. You know, I probably spend an hour and a half a day listening to new music um, when I'm really getting into stuff. I can get pretty tired of it sometimes, but... But yeah, these days it's writing is, is more of a release and it's like, it's just something that I feel like I need to do. That's, um, that is something that we do share in common then. And I think that's honestly, uh, it makes sense that most people probably started music that way. I don't think many people, um, actually, I don't know. I can't speak to anybody else, but I, I feel like a lot of people would have been sold the idea of like this, you know, get rich and famous rock star, cool person lifestyle. You know, everybody loves the cool musician. Like it's always portrayed in every, you know, everything you'd see is like some cool person playing music. And I mean, it is cool when people are really, really good at music. It's fucking great. It's so cool. It's one of the coolest things you can do is like sit down and like shred on an instrument and not even hit a bad note at all. And like, you know, make everybody happy. But uh, yeah, so I I feel like I was sold on that idea as well. Um, and then the same thing, it's almost as if we start making music like selfishly for external reasons, meaning like I'm making it so that other people will think I'm cool. You yeah. know, like I'm doing it because I want other people to to increase my value and my image. Yeah. Um, as opposed to later when you start doing it for yourself internally, as in you just do it for yourself truly yeah and I, I wouldn't say that it's entirely for myself i also for me the most important thing about music is the fact that it can connect to other people so obviously mm-hmm. when i write i'm trying to write something that's super unique to what i like it's i'm trying to just pull it right out of my brain so it's very personal but at the same time i still want it to then relate to other people um and i and it's really important to me that other people can enjoy it as well so it's I, it, it's very much a personal thing, but at the same time as I also love to share it. So I you know it's still fun to still fun to have stuff get posted out and uh, see how people oh, react yeah. to it. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, I think that the motive just comes from a different direction as opposed to you wanting other people to like it so that you feel better about yourself. It's more like you want to like it so that other people also like it and yeah. everybody feels good. Yeah, and it's and it's like connection too. Like even like these days I get pretty abstract into things where it's not even per se something that I like. It's just interesting or it's weird and it's tickling some part of my brain that it, you know, I wouldn't listen to this regularly, but Mm -hmm. it's like ambient music or like Foley and stuff. Like I like listening to that sometimes. I find it, well, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say that it's 
good, but it's interesting. And sometimes I can like to listen to that. So, and there's some music that sounds really painful to your ears, but it's, you know, there's some part of it that's interesting. So I like that aspect as well. Yeah. The, the range of like how we even define what music is, is so broad these days, you know, like going all the way to like, like noise music really like yeah what was that what was that artist that we listened to <laughs> hannah tarash oh yeah that's a can of worms that's a can of worms yeah. that we probably shouldn't open <laughs> we're not gonna open it right now but if anyone wants to look it up it's like hannah h-a-n-a-t-a-r-a-s-h i believe yeah hannah tarash and probably turn down your volume before you play yeah, turn down your volume. yeah, part, yeah. yeah definitely do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um cool man well that gives me a lot of of information yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah, you're inspired by, you were inspired by some artists and yeah. eventually you found a way to be able to make music, you know, using your skills. And, uh, and now you keep doing it because you've gotten to a point where you like it and, and it's actually like producing good results, which is nice. There's yeah. nothing like sucking. And I mean, you're totally right. Like, yeah, of course you definitely start doing it more for yourself. Um, but what is music if not to share it with other people and i feel like you need to do that in order to like try to connect people to a deeper part of yourself that can't be explained with words which is like if they are into music that you created and you also like it because you were able to you know um uh, fulfill your your own um necessities for like creating that piece of music then they will you will feel more connected to them because it feels like they kind of understand or at least enjoy a part of you that you know you like exactly yeah and it's and it's it's a very raw and pure way to express yourself essentially and i think it's for me it's more interesting than other mediums but i think that also kind of comes down to my brain obviously i'm really driven by melody harmony and those kind of things because i've gotten more and more into complex you know more jazz uh, melodies and harmonies and um, note arrangements um, and as well as just music as well um, which is why you know pictures you know I'm not as much into like photography I still am interested in that but for me music is definitely like hearing is just by far the most interesting thing for me because that's yeah, just yeah you really experience it in a different way and I think a lot al- of that go ahead it's almost just unexplainable it's just and it, that's why a lot of times when you're trying to talk about music it's like you need a whole nother you need to use metaphors because you can't even explain why it has this effect. Yeah, totally. Um, What I was going to add to that is just that music, unlike art, is something that happens that requires time to experience. Like time is part of the medium. Yeah. So because of that and because it's, you know, if it's music with a rhythm, then it's, it's time that is, you know, predictable and synchronized. And so in that moment, when you're experiencing listening to it with someone else, you're both synchronizing to a, a constant clock source, Yeah. which uh, it really does make you feel a lot more in sync with uh, the people around you who are also experiencing it, especially if they are enjoying it the same way that you're enjoying it. So it's almost like you can't really compare music to like a picture as much as you could maybe compare music to, to like film. going to a movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is funny because films rely heavily on audio as well, but that, that's, a yeah. whole <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. But, uh, but no, I think that's a really good comparison that I wasn't even thinking about, but really, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's because of the fact that it, it, you know, it's, it's in time and it's a, it's a changing emotion. It's like telling a story versus, uh, describing a scene. 
Yeah. Um, where you describe a scene, it's like, okay, well, you have this one emotion, whereas telling a story, there's kind of like, it's it's a kind of a longer process. But yeah, great, great uh, way to think about it for sure with the uh, a picture being kind of just, you, you get one single emotion. Oh, that being said, you know, it could be a complex picture and you could be looking around. Um, but well, 100%. Know. There, and I'm, I'm sure there's definitely great, amazing art that will evoke plenty of emotion in yeah. me. And I just haven't taken the time to go and look at it and stuff. But we're also not in a place where art is like very, very, like really that big. Like we're in, in North America, like both of these countries are pretty young. But if you go over to like Paris and stuff, like my, uh, you know, the parents out here just went to Paris recently. And like they're talking about like the art, like that's like centuries old and like, yeah. you know, like carved into castles. And like if you went there and like saw that, that's that is still art. Like, and Definitely. still, I mean, like, still, like, not in motion um, and not still as in, like, also. But, uh, yeah, it's, like, non-moving art that's frozen in time. And yet, like, the, the sheer scale of it is so you know overwhelming impressive that you wouldn't, yeah. yeah you would it would definitely be like wow this is better than listening to a song you know <laughs> it's going to take me like a year to see it all yeah yeah i know definitely and obviously there's different mediums as well but i think for me i don't know if anything will ever supersede yeah, music, music. Is, and obviously it, i'm so biased because the longer you are in a in a medium you know we're talking about art and painting and whatnot we we have no idea like we there's yeah, there's so many zero. things that are just be, they're just beyond like all these little nuances that for us are just subconscious because we don't understand whereas like when we're talking about music you know when we write a song we're working on like the most basic level because we have that understanding oh so, yeah it's it, the same thing it's a hundred percent relative like perspective based off of what you've spent your time focusing on but yeah. both of them go equally as deep like painting like a, if a painter sees a picture then they're not just going to see it the same way that we see it. They're going to see so many other things. All the styles even, and the history of the styles. and I mean, mm, we can't even the, say because I don't think we know. <laughs> I, I don't well, know. what really tripped me out crazily is that like one of my best friend's dad was like an insanely good watercolor painter. Yeah. And uh, just like looking at the way that he would paint stuff and like comparing it to the way that we hear things so it's trippy to me to think like when i'm listening to anything like any sound that i hear if i hear music on or if i hear a sound outside like i'm thinking about like a way that that is incorporatable into music and like i hear things and can pick out things that other people would just like not even realize were there let alone like think it was worth any value definitely but um, but for the, those people who can paint, who can like look at a thing and then look at a piece of paper and then paint it the same way that I can like hear a melody, melody in my head and then play it, they can think of a thing and see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they must see so much differently than everybody else sees, similar to how we hear everything differently than everyone else hears. And that must be weird. That's crazy because I've never thought of that. Like I, because I understand from, uh, okay, this is how I hear everything differently. But I, I couldn't yeah. imagine that being your visual sense. But Yeah, imagine seeing and being like, this is the depth. This is the exact scale. You see like exactly how big everything <laughs> yeah. is and like where it is from the vision that, or the point of view you're looking at it That's interesting. to the point where you can rescale it down just by like remembering it. Like I can't, I can't look at something and draw it. It doesn't look at anything like what I was looking at. <laughs> no, no, definitely you not. Know, it doesn't matter how stick hard I figure. And even then it's not yeah, going to be very accurate. How often are you looking at a stick figure, you know? Yeah, well, not very often. <laughs> in elementary school, a bit more, but not anymore. That would and, actually be so funny to see someone like doing like a painting where they're like painting something. And they're like looking over like at the thing, and then like it shows what they're looking at, and there's just like a stick man. Yeah. <laughs> that they're and, looking at. Yeah. But then they painted a person. And they're like, oh fuck. <laughs> 
<laughs> I really screwed this one up. Looks way too realistic. Uh, that would be like a Rick and Morty thing. Like I would see that in some parallel universe where they're actually stick people. Yeah. No, anyway, for sure. um, moving forward. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my background. Um, it's, you know, it's, I would say it's somewhat unconventional, but it is what it is. Um, now let's uh, take, take a look down your uh, history and see, because I actually don't know a ton other than you did a lot of band in, uh, you know, in school and you're obviously been, you've got a background in music that is far beyond, like starts much earlier than me. Cause for, you know, I should just listen to big shiny tunes for like five <laughs> years. So there's my musical education. But, um, so yeah, I think what I way wanted to start this was, um, what would, what drove you, like who drove you kind of in your childhood to get in, into music? Was it your parents that said, okay, you're going to go to this class and do that? Was it within where you're like, okay, I want to just, you just picked it up yourself. You were interested in it. Or was it like a teacher at school? And this is not just listening. This is actually kind of playing an instrument. Cause I know you started playing an instrument way, way earlier, like from a serious perspective than me. You mean, oh wait, so you are, you want to know the way earlier? You want to know from a serious perspective? Um, well, I mean, when you were, if it was, like they kind of, be, yeah, they kind of begin in the same place. So I'll just start here. Okay. Um, like way, way, way back, like pretty much as far as I can remember, like my, uh, my grandma owned a little organ thing and I have it still. It's like in my house and wow. it's a, it's like a, an electric powered organ. Um, you plug it in, you turn it on and then like the thing goes whoosh, and it like fills up with air and you press the keys and it's only like three octaves or something. It's like really small. Yeah. It's got these weird little buttons off to the side that like have chord names on them. And if you press them, it's supposed to play a chord, but they were really broken. It sounded like really, really bad. And you oh, press no. them. So I just never press those buttons. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> whenever we were there, um, there was literally nothing to do because they lived in like nowhere, like on the side of a little mountain with nothing around at all. And no this was before and cell no phones. Oh yeah, way oh my god, I was like three, like like yeah. nothing. Yeah, no cell phones, no internet, dude. Like this is like back in the day, there's no internet. Oh dude, the internet was definitely around. It just was not being used by it was not many people at that yeah, point. It wasn't yeah. a user yeah. thing. Yeah. So okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. But um anyway, so I would just play this little thing and like I would just like spend hours just like playing this and like trying to write songs. I didn't know what I was doing. Just put like little pieces back and forth together. Yeah. So um but you know, I was good enough to at least pick things that sounded good. And so I have to imagine that my parents noticed that I liked it and I was having fun because I always wanted to do that. Even at my uh, my other cousin's place that we would visit, they had like a, an electric piano there and I would always just well, sit down yeah. and want to play it. All I want to do is play it and stuff. Okay. And, uh, and so anyway, um, eventually at some point my mom put me into piano lessons and I don't actually, I don't think I asked for it. I don't know if she asked me if I wanted to and I said yes or I just, all I remember is being there one day. Yeah. And so uh, I'm like playing and even like back then I was like already like getting distracted like during the lessons because like I would be like playing stuff and then I would like hear that it sounded like some melody I heard and I actually remember in one of my piano lessons like this is trippy because this specific lesson was in uh, like a, a Parks and Rec building because it was like a program like a, like a trade show th I don't know maybe something okay. sort of thing <clears throat> anyway but like that was the lady was like getting new students at this building and then like she actually taught us at her house so eventually we moved over to her house to learn piano but even yeah. in that building i remember like my second lesson i'm like playing and i remember like a song that was in a video game that, and i was like oh this sounds like this thing and i would just like start trying to like play it and stuff so i definitely was like super like ambitious in my wantings to to play music but anyway so piano lesson started and and 
they were good for the first little while because I was just stoked I got to sit and play on a grand piano. Yeah. But yeah, when you go as, to the piano teacher's house, it's oh, always yeah. you get a nice piano. But you can't really noodle and have fun and like the most growth you're going to get as a musician is when you just like have hours to like make as much noise as you want without any constraints or like self like and you um, know, insecurities and, to of what you're playing and you know people aren't uh, listening kind of thing because that has a different yeah. effect yeah oh yeah 100 percent. because like nothing sounds worse you know to any musician than themselves sucking yeah and they don't ever want anyone to hear that mm-hmm. but uh yeah so anyway i went to piano lesson for a while but they um I started to get bored with it because it was a lot of classical stuff that wasn't going like hard enough. Like it wasn't like, I don't know if it wasn't like challenging enough or whatever, because I'm sure like I still had a lot of things to learn and I just obviously wanted to bypass the basics of learning fingering techniques and stuff and just like go into like trying the hardest thing that there is, Yeah, you know, standard ambition. But uh, anyway, I uh, I was always good at the theory and I loved, I liked that because I would like, I like math. And so theory is to me was just kind of basically math and so i was like i always like i didn't have fun but i never struggled when i was like doing like the little exercise booklets they would give me yeah but eventually i just kind of got bored with the playing and i stopped taking piano lessons in fourth grade so i would have been uh so how many years would that have been i was like i i did it i took piano lessons for four years and I think I'm pretty sure I was going to them in piano in wow I'm pretty sure I started piano lessons when I was in kindergarten and okay. I stopped when I was in grade four so that was a while yeah. um but yeah not I didn't take too much from that like, other than my knowledge of music theory and um like in an ear for being able to understand the piano and and sort of take it from there and I still kept playing the piano but I never like I didn't take lessons for a little while after that yeah but um but that yeah and then there's the same thing as you there was a little bit of a gap um where i wasn't doing much music stuff and it was like grade five grade six and then when grade seven came there was a band program and i was like i want to join band actually let's go back a little further in grade six yeah um in grade six there was like a year-end assembly and my in in the grade seven so a year above us played like smells like teen spirit on Mm -hmm. guitar and bass in front of the school and so up until this point my only experience playing music was like the piano lessons and stuff the recitals and yeah and my parents showing me music which was like 54 40 and like not anything exciting they were i was pretty sheltered as far as the music that i was given to listen to yeah um but uh yeah in grade (coughs) pardon me Grade like five or six, um, my friends started in grade. No, this is what it is. My grade five, my fr- friends started getting into rap, so I okay. started getting into like Eminem and stuff. And that was always difficult because I I could never listen to it ever anywhere in my house because as soon as my parents heard it, they're like, "It's bad, bad music, like the yeah. swearing and this and that." And they're like, "Turn it off, like you're not allowed to listen to that." And I'm like, "Oh my god." And so that sucked. And I had to like sneakily try to find ways to listen to music when I was at my friend's house and stuff. But I was always stoked to hear it. Yeah. Um, And then in grade six, my friends started getting into metal. And so I was like, oh, sweet. So I started um, listening to like Slipknot and Korn and Nine Inch Nails and Mudvayne and like like heavy, heavy bands. Your your Um, parents' worst fears. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't as bad because they were screaming and you couldn't understand the lyrics. So I just told them I'm like, they're not swearing. Like, it's just screaming. It's good. Yeah, it's just screaming. That's right? definitely much better. <laughs> it's yeah, funny because I was wondering holding. when the metal came in because obviously that's mm-hmm. a pretty significant influence for you today. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. So yeah, that and like Lincoln Park as well was a huge one on on there. Um, so that's when I started listening to metal in like grade grade six, grade five, grade six, um, and then in grade seven they brought a band program and uh, oh sorry no still before that the, the kids they played guitar and I was in grade six and You're I saw in grade and I was six, like yeah. I was in grade six and I was like listening to metal and I saw them play this rock guitar and I'd never seen someone play a guitar that had distortion on it in front of me ever and I yeah. was like this is loud this is powerful this sounds fucking dope this is not stupid guitar stuff like I actually had no I did take guitar lessons way before this I forgot about this I had a tiny little acoustic guitar that was like a tiny like half size guitar that like something my aunt got me for like a birthday way long ago yeah. and so I took some guitar lessons and I learned happy birthday I learned the math, me- melody to happy birthday I'm like guitar is dumb this is the stupidest thing ever like guitar is not cool there's was, nothing fun about it was it nylon st- Strings? Yeah, oh, uh, no, it was it was steel strings, but steel like strings, it, okay. it was so small of a guitar that like you could, that it was not even in tune, like it couldn't even be intonated properly at all. Oh my god! Like, you know. But I mean, it was functioning enough for me to play some stuff, and I was like, okay. So um, I didn't care about guitar at all, and then yeah, I, I f- kind of forgot that I was playing guitar because it was just an acoustic guitar, and I was hearing the I was listening to metal at the time, but I didn't really think about like how it was made or that it was even possible for me. So anyway, I heard. Uh, the grade sevens playing this stuff and I was like whoa like people can actually do this like for real you know what I mean like oh it's a thing like it's actually interesting you know, it's and it relates reachable. to yeah yeah like so it's well, a, yeah. at this so point I, you'd heard you you would listen to Slipknot and Corn, right mm-hmm. at, by this point but you hadn't actually seen it being played so for you it's like you mm-hmm. like this music but then actually seeing people act- in front of you in the same room playing probably had an interesting effect well, yeah, and it's funny to think about that because as I was saying it, I'm like, why wouldn't I have seen it? Because um, I do remember watching a lot of Much Music, but there's another thing. I wasn't allowed to watch Much Music a lot because there was like some shows on Much Music that were like mildly inappropriate and like I'm a kid and my parents wouldn't let me. Yeah. So uh, whenever I did get to watch Much Music, it was generally like, <clears throat> you know, pop songs and stuff like that. So there weren't, it wasn't showing instruments being played. It was just them like singing. And, <clears throat> and so I didn't really even think about it. Uh, and then obviously later, eventually I started getting, uh, being allowed to like watch that stuff and like I'd yeah. stay up later so I'd see like much loud with like heavy bands and I'm like oh cool so I'd find some other bands like Trivium was one of them that I found on much music I'm like oh that's cool so anyway in then in grade seven uh oh I've got a guitar that's the point of this thing that I keep trying to skip I asked for a guitar and we found one it was a little Behringer guitar that came with like a tiny little like I don't know it was like a two inch amp like a something. pocket like, amp almost kind of thing <laughs> no it was like it was actual size it wasn't oh. like a stupid one but but it was like it was like two probably a, I think it was an eight inch I think it was an eight inch amp and like it was yeah. on the 10 it was like barely loud enough to like oh you, my god well I thought it was loud at the time but it definitely is not loud enough to overpower a drum set I'll tell you that yeah um and so this is after you had listened to this these you know these older people who were in your mind cool you're like okay well these yeah. these cool kids can play guitar so you know i need to get a guitar and an amp so i can be cool too yeah exactly but at the same time uh, so i ended up getting it but i didn't spend too much time with it because i had no one else to to play with um yeah. and all of my other friends were like doing other things so i would always want to hang out with other people and so i was like trying to keep up with like you know school i mean like this is grade six it doesn't even matter but at that age i'm like i want to have friends you know it does matter it's everything to someone who's that age yeah so uh, you know i sacrificed my time that i could have spent practicing the instrument on like whatever everything i was just procrastinating and doing stupid stuff sure yeah um but Anyway, it was the learning curve on guitar is it's a very steep slope at the beginning. Like you suck for a long time, yeah, and, and I, then you start to sound good. Totally, and, and it's it. I went through the exact same process. Basically, anybody that like, oh wow, you can really play guitar. It's like just spend eight months having your fingers hurt forever, and then it just gets way easier. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> once you get past the fact that like you can deal with two separate hands, it's it, 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 it's really just about eight months, I would say, where you just have to grind. Maybe longer than oh, that. Yeah. Depends upon how often you're practicing. But for me, it was about eight months, and then and then things started to click. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so my attention span was nothing. I'm even going back to the piano teacher story. My attention span is bad. Yeah. Um. So I just I kind of gave it up. I didn't really give it up. It just kind of disappeared. So, um, long story short, grade seven comes along. I joined the band program, which just started. And I'm like, what am I going to play? Like, I don't know. Obviously guitar is not allowed because that's, you know, and everyone wanted to, because you know, everyone's a stupid noodler. Everybody wanted guitar. Yeah. yeah, And then you find out that there's no guitar and it's like, you fucking wonder why. Well, of course not. You can't put like 12 kids playing a guitar at that age, like in a room together. You'll never get anything done. All you hear is like, like all day long. Yeah. So so much enter Sam, man. Oh yeah, just a bunch of like hooligans not listening. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, what am I gonna do? What's the next best thing? Trombone. I picked trombone <laughs> literally because I thought it looked funny, and I just wanted to go. And it's, so I go it, ahead. It's probably the funniest instrument of all the. Oh yeah, it's in the, the instruments of the band. Yeah. The tuba maybe is funnier because it just sounds like a fart, but yeah. like you, you don't, you can't look cool playing a tuba. I and mean, it's hard to look cool playing a trombone, but it's easier than a tuba. Yeah. There wasn't a tuba, so. Anyway, I picked trombone, and then we go to band, and the first day, the girl that was in my class, there was a girl who ended up playing drums. Um, her brother was, like, a, a very skilled drummer, and he was much older, so she had experience with, like, music already and was, like, pretty good, right? And so, oh, to my cool. surprise. So, um, anyway, we we go to the this locker room, and we had to, like, pick up all the pieces of the drum kit because the, the room we used for band wasn't actually, like, band room. It was a room. So, yeah. we... Uh, We'd go there and carry the things, and I remember going in and grabbing uh, the snare drum and like, picking it up and like trying to walk with it down the hall. And like the whole time I'm walking there, like the other person's carrying the bass drum. Some people have the toms, and I'm like, "Why does it? Why do you need a snare drum? Like, isn't that for marching? Like, like for like literally?" I actually asked that question out loud, and I remember oh, the girl looking at me and like kind of smirking and just laughing. And I'm like, thinking back on it now, I'm like, "Man, she was years ahead of me as far as like." maturity and understanding life but like you know, yeah who knows now well, I, but it was just, it's yeah. just funny she a musical parent uh i'm not necessarily musical parents but definitely her brother was very skilled musician already somebody who could um, yeah somebody who could introduce you to things which which helps a yes. lot yeah at least so, yeah i didn't have that i don't think it's wrong but it can speed up your process and get you further along earlier oh but. yeah well, 100%. I think a lot of people who have older siblings um, tend to excel because they do get that help from a, from a place that is not so parental and so demanding that makes you want to rebel. But when you hear something from an older sibling, you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they're I, cool. I, I do, I, they're cool listen. where your parents exactly. are annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though they're saying the same things in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um so yeah anyway she uh we set up the drum set and then we started to play the first song and she played a rock beat and i literally heard her go like just play it and i was instantly like holy fuck what is that what are you what are you doing like instantly i'm like that's how they do it that's how the thing happens in the songs that i listen to i never even thought about it i'm like how does it how did i not realize that this is how they make the sound that is the drums i've never thought about the drums and i'm like i understand rhythm rhythm's so easy it was the only thing that slowed me down playing um other instruments obviously was the the notes because like when you play the wrong notes it sounds bad but if you 
like you know it's easier to just do the rhythm so i'm like fuck i can play drums i'm like 100 i can play drums i know that i can do that right away there's no doubt in my mind i'm like i can play drums and i went home i'm like mom buy me a drum set i want to drum set drum 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 and like literally running around the house and like drum 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 drums and so like anyway it got to the point where like i asked for it so many times and like this is keep in mind the start of the year. So it's like September. All right. So four months to us now is like zero. Like goes by in like two seconds. Right. Yeah. Like I literally don't even remember the last three months of my life. They just like happened. Right. Yeah. Like, so anyway, fucking but back, back then, then it was like September. Okay. So now imagine this. I'm like, I got a paper route and everything. Like, uh, like I took it over from my friend. Um, I was going to say his name, but you probably don't know him. Uh, anyway, so long story yeah. short, I, got, I had a paper route and I'm getting like 20 bucks a month. And like, I'm like, okay, I want to drum set. And I'm like looking the only places that I have access to like look for anything. Cause I don't, I don't we didn't really like have a good, like Google wasn't even like really that functional back oh, then. Oh yeah, like, no. For, for websites like, Not so I'm Christ. like, <laughs> yeah so i'm like looking anywhere that i can to like get an idea of prices for drum sets and like my mom took me to like a music store like and i got went to like actually went to oh, i guess i had been to music stores in the past like looking for the guitar but like never really looking at drums so like started looking at prices of drum sets i'm going everywhere and i'm like holy fuck these are so expensive like like eight hundred dollars like nine hundred dollars like to a kid i'm like oh my god i'll never have that amount of money like yeah. are you kidding me right now so I'm like looking anywhere and like eventually I, uh, my mom gave me the Sears like wish book flyer thing for Christmas and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I found like a drum set. There was like two drum sets from Sears, like CB drum sets and one was like $4.99 and one was like $5.99. I'm like, like $4.99, like it's totally doable. I can do it. I can do it. I'm like doing the calculations, like get my Figuring calculator. I'm like, I'm like, like $20 a month. Um, so to get $500, I will be able to buy this drum set by the time I'm in grade 10. <laughs> That was my view of the world. I'm like, this is how long I can get it. I'm like, I'm, I swear. I'm like, and like, and I was like, I really hope they get it for Christmas because I don't know if I can wait that long. And like, that was my argument. I'm like, hey, yeah. guys, like, it's gonna take me till grade ten to just get this thing. Like, can you please? So anyway, every day I got home from school and like I would like look in my room just to see if they like surprised me and like put a drum set in there. Like as if like I'm going to show up home to like a set up drum set in my room, like sparkling and shiny with a fucking halo over top of it. Like, yeah. like literally. But that's what my imagination was telling me. So uh, anyway, I just like uh, wished for it every day. And then Christmas showed up and I'm, I'm like. This is it. This is it. It's gotta be a day. It's gotta like, be I'm gonna now. walk out and and it's gonna be there right in front of the tree, like set up perfectly with like a fucking light on it. That's like ah, oh! like it's just like imagining. Like here it is, and I come out and like not anything. It's not there. There's, there's no, no big drum presence set. yet, and there's no and there's no big presence either. And I'm like, fuck, and like I'm so <laughs> sad, and like, but I can't be sad. So I'm like, oh, like, you know, oh, all right, I guess I'm still waiting. Guess like, I gotta open like, these presents that don't matter. Drunk. Yeah. So my parents totally. Uh, pranked me like crazy and so the first uh, present I opened it it's like ends up being a scavenger hunt and so there's like a clue and it's like go check this so they what they had done is they had taken all the parts of the drum set and hidden them around the house so I had to go and look all around the house for this drum set and so it ended up taking a while yeah which was cool um, because yeah like that was basically like the most of my presence was this drum set that I needed yeah um, and yeah so I got it and set it up and sure enough i was right i literally sat down and i just started playing a basic rock beat and it was Worked not right a problem wow. it was not a problem i just did it and then and then i started adding to it like i would just like flail my arms and like 
the 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 next beat that I figured out was the Amen beat. That was so it went from yeah. that. Uh, the first one was like doots, cuts, doots, cut, like just you know standard like kick snare, kick snare, Four and then the I figured out the kick kick snare, kick kick snare, and then kick snare, kick kick snare, and I started like doing that. And then when the first time I figured out a cool beat was when I did the Amen thing. And I was like ding ding cut, cut cutting cut, ding ding cut, cut cutting cut, because like yeah. that's so easy. You're literally just like do the basic rock beats, and then you just like flail your hands back and forth for two seconds, and then you go back to it and it's fine and it ends up being that beat right yeah so uh, yeah i just started like having fun with it and i loved it and i was able to do it right away and i'm like great this is something you know that i don't have to put too much effort into and i can be cool because i really wanted the i really wanted the satisfaction without having to put in the time you know classic kid move well you know Um, guitar like your fingers are hurting for ever whereas guitar you know, you just hit the drum. It just, it sounds right. There's no like weird ringing. Oh, you're not holding the string well enough or you're picking the wrong thing. You don't have to learn picking. You just hit it. I, I can see why you were in, interested in it. Yeah. Um, and I think it just impatience got the better of me with all the other instruments. You know, they, it made me stop taking piano lessons and it made yeah. me not take up guitar as well. And like, even thinking back to like, I used to do a lot of magic as well. Like I was super into magic because there used to be this booth set up in the mall in Nanaimo that was like, a, a, they sold magic tricks. Yeah. So they would always get you because it's so easy to show <laughs> you a magic trick. Are you kidding? You walk by and like, you want to see a magic trick? And every kid is like, yeah, yeah, I want to see magic. They do something dope. And then all of a sudden they're like, for 17 bucks we can teach it to you that's and a good business like, model you're you're like oh like as a kid you're like oh my god oh my god right and like the parents are like fuck right so anyway <laughs> parents um, probably avoiding all, that booth I, oh yeah so like but every time i'd go by i'm like oh i want that and i like really really want to like save up all my money for my paper route right so like every time i got a check for my paper route, i was able to buy like another magic trick it was like 20 bucks each right yeah. so uh I, I was always astonished by these things that were like absolutely too good to be true and it turned out they always were because you would buy it and it was like here's a trick deck here's a trick thing here's a thing that like if anybody handles for two seconds they're gonna know how the trick is done and you can't let them do it but it's really easy for you to do yeah so it's the same thing I didn't want to put the time into getting really good at handling cards properly I would rather just be able to do something insane right now yeah so you pay the money and then you have no skills and the thing that does the job for you so it's it's funny how impatience can really uh be detrimental to your ability to become a master of something if you really wanted to do that yeah yeah, it'll Um, it'll it'll, it'll, it can cause it can kind of make it hard to focus on things but i'm kind of wrapping back to the drum kit i'm guessing your uh your house got a lot louder after that christmas did they just leave it in your room or was there a special spot for it in the garage or okay so here's how it works right the garage was not big enough for the car it was um the car it was only big enough for the car sorry there was not nothing else in there so um at first it was in my bedroom right so it's like it just fit i know i had a small bed at the time i mean it was just like a double bed like not even a double like a twin you know what i mean like a small bed for a kid and so i was able to set it up in the corner of my room and it's a small ass room right so literally my bass drum was like touching the corner of my bed like you had to step over the drums and the bed in order to get to, to the window and then you had to like step over the tom to get to the behind the drum set <laughs> you know so yeah i'm like it's already like shit and so the, obviously the first thing you do is as soon as you get a drummer like there's no other instrument that is more customizable than a drum set you like you start looking it up and it's like if you're the kind of person who likes to add on things well you're doomed if you get a drum set you're literally gonna be adding on for to it for the rest of your life it's, so i'm like yeah. buy new just another symbol buy like uh, another symbol and a clamp you know and then i like, got another symbol and then another clamp or another stand and then 
every time I'd buy something, I always was like, no, this will this this will actually give me more space because I'll be able to reconfigure it in a more ergonomical fashion by adding this thing. Like I literally convinced my parents to let me get a second bass drum because I told them that having two bass drums would allow me to put the drums on top of the bass drums instead of off to the side, which would take up less space. Oh and it's God. like, no, you That's... don't. You're not taking up less space in a room if you add something with a giant like that and a 20 inch drum it's the, to, to the mix the biggest drum that there is like i need two of the biggest drums yeah it's stupid so i yeah eventually got to the point where it didn't fit in my room anymore and yeah. so we cleared out the guest room which was the same size but it was a bedroom that was right next to my room and turned it into the band room and then it just it's just you know, it's like taking up uh, a flower out of a tiny pot and putting it into a big pot. Well, you got more space. Yeah. It explodes, right? It's going to grow. Yeah. So the drum set grew and grew and grew and grew to the point where I had two kick drums. I had um, uh, an eight inch tom, a 10 inch tom. Both of those were like only two inches deep. So they were like the bottoms were cut off. It was actually from another tiny drum set that I ended up buying. Um, but so it was like eight inch Tom, 10 inch Tom, then a 10 inch normal rack Tom, a 12 inch rack Tom, 13 inch rack Tom, a 14 inch floor Tom, a 15 inch floor Tom, a 16 inch <laughs> floor Tom. And then on the, uh, and this is actually really good. This actually brings me back to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop here before I continue just explaining this. Yeah. Um, at this point I was in, in high school when I had all this stuff and we were playing jazz. Like I followed the jazz program in, in, into high school after going out of elementary school and uh we would get little gigs at the mall right and so at this point i've met new people who are like good musicians so avery is actually the, the old person who's gonna i'm gonna bring up into this yeah. but um I, I found a guitar player uh jacob who was a part of my first band in high school that was like a something a band that actually made more than one half of a song yeah um so i him and then uh avery littlemore was our bass player and so um uh, we uh, were we got a gig at the mall, and nice. uh, we were just supposed to be playing jazz for half an hour, right? It's just a tiny little set, and this is something that our, our band teacher used to do: is get us this tiny little like Slot, these little yeah. gigs for like you know experience, just like playing, uh, you know, something. It's something to lead up so, to as well. Like you know, you want to if you're you know running, you want to have a marathon or a race that you can go, you can actually train for kind yeah of thing. it's experience you know it's and that's the great thing about uh, our high school is that like the the band program wasn't just like you know stupid music that nobody cared about that they only play at like a little festival like the yeah. teachers there were like we want to train you for being able to play a gig like if you were a student who cared about music they knew and yeah. they would give you gigs outside of school yeah so long story short well actually to make a short story long rather um i avery had just joined our band and uh, I really wanted him to see this drum set because I'd been putting this masterful thing together for a long time. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I got to show it to him. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to bring the whole thing to this mall gig. <laughs> and so I'm like, I got it all ready. I'm like, I literally like I put tape on all of the, the individual parts because like, uh, like all the, there was like so many things, like so many parts. So I took a whole drum set down and I like, brought put, two like, kick drums to a mall. No, gig. not, not two, not two, not two <laughs> kick drums. I didn't have two at this point, but anyway, so here's what happens. Um, his mom shows up at my house with her van, right? And I've got all of my drum set, like, in the front <laughs> foyer of my house, like, ready to go. And this trail is, like, long. It's, like, goes, like, covers the foyer and then, like, goes down, like, around the corner and then down the hall a bit. And there's just drums. So I'm, like, handing stuff to her. I'm, like, okay, here, take this. And, like, you know, I'm just being, like, super pretentious about it, too. I'm, like, don't drop anything because it's all super worth a lot of money. Like, here's my cymbal case. It weighs, like, you know, 50 pounds because there's, like, 12 cymbals in here. And, like, yeah, the amount of money that's in this case is, like, a lot. So, like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Don't, and, like, don't drop you it. Know, 
yeah so i'm like handing her stuff and we're like she's like oh wow this is a lot of stuff like are you sure you need this you know like definitely knows that i don't but like doesn't have the heart to tell me to not because we're already like too deep at this point yeah. so anyway we get to the fucking venue a half an hour early because that's how long it takes to set up and i'm like i'm sure i can set this thing up in a half an hour i know i can like it's fine so anyway we like show up in the mall and liz opens the car door and like everybody's standing there and their jaws are just like boom like straight on the floor like what is happening because like this whole van a minivan is full of drums and like they've they've, we've, they've played gigs before they've seen a drum set like from in school they know how big a drum set's supposed to be couldn't so, you do like just a, a single cymbal a snare and a kick like you wouldn't need more than that for a jazz setup right yeah, I mean, a hi-hat, a ride, a, a snare drum, and a kick drum, or even less in less. some situations. Oh but God. like, but like, that's pretty much all you need, really, to play a jazz gig. Yeah. Um, maybe one tom if you're really eccentric. But so anyway, we show up, and I'm like, we we grab like dollies, like the flatbeds from the mall, and we like uh, everybody's rolling. We got two of them, and I'm like, I load up one, and they take it. I load up another one, they take it, and we run back, and then they start dropping stuff off, and then they come back, and I load up another dolly, and then I like, I'm like, okay, like you guys can't grab the rest of the stuff. I'm gonna go and start setting it up, and I'm like going as fast as I can. So here we go. I'm like, okay, kick drum, like set it up. All right, okay, rack tom, rack tom, and um. Uh, and I think I had three. Yeah, that's right. So I have the snare drum and then a 10 inch and 12 inch and <laughs> three a 13 toms. inch rack tom. So three toms, right? And then um, two floor toms, like two huge ass floor toms. Um, and then a uh, double kick pedal on my kick drum, obviously necessary. And so, and then I got, here's my cymbal setup. This is the best part. So I've got, I've got hi-hat on my left and I'm going to go from the left side to the right side. So it's hi-hat and then a splash cymbal, an eight inch splash cymbal <laughs> that's just above the hi-hat, right? And then next to the eight inch splash cymbal, is a 12 inch splash cymbal okay and then above those two is a 16 inch crash cymbal and then right directly in front of me over top of the kick drum all over top of the 12 and 13 inch toms i've got a china cymbal okay and it's it's an 18 inch china cymbal upside down because it looks much cooler and then there's a cymbal stack arm that screws <laughs> into the st- into the top of that where you usually put the the, the nut for the cymbal on screws on top of that so then above that is a zildjian zxt trash former cymbal which is like this orange like warped weird shape symbol Symbol? where when you hit it it just literally sounds no it sounds like glass breaking it is absolutely (laughs) the last symbol you ever want to bring to a jazz gig but anyway so it was or a mall yeah oh yeah yeah the reverb in there i mean just does not flatter it at all so i've got this transformer and then uh over to my right and we're starting to move to the right i've got a a 20 inch ride symbol above that i've got an 18 inch crash ride symbol (laughs) because you never know when you're going to need to crash and then ride as opposed to just ride so and then next to the the ride symbol going farther to my right um there is a uh secondary permanently closed hi-hat just in case i need to use my double kick pedal then i can still use a closed hi-hat so a second hi-hat and then above that one was a another china symbol a 14 inch china symbol so how how many is this total how many is this total in terms of symbols and rides um okay one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten symbols yes that sounds right <laughs> ten ten different symbols um oh my god yeah but i i mean 12 uh yeah 12 if you include both sides of each hi-hat and but you were able to set it all up in 30 minutes barely so oh. i was going as fast as i could and i just got this up and oh yeah to top it all off there was a slipknot sticker on the front of my bass drum that everybody could see so nice. it took me like a half an hour to set this up we <laughs> we started playing the gig and it was absolutely like just 
I don't even know what to t- what to call it. Like a clown show. Like people are walking by, like stopping dead in their tracks, like jaws on the floor. Like what? Like they're seeing this huge drum set, and then it's like five little kids playing like bad jazz music, like Chris Christmas jazz music in a mall. And there's a and Slipknot sticker. Slipknot, yeah. Second hi hat, everything, man. Double kick, and I was trying to make use of it. So I'm really trying to impress Avery at this point. I'm like, you got to. Join our band because I got a huge drum set, so I'm cool. Because I got a huge drum, so I got a huge dick. It's great. So basically, just like trying to convince oh them to my join God. this band, and it was absolute insanity. It took me longer to set up and tear it down than it did to play the whole show. Oh my God! And that was the day I knew for sure I wanted to be a musician. That's crazy. Well, obviously, moral of the story here. I've asked you a single question, and drums is is definitely the instrument for you that I'm guessing has been the most important for you. I kind of knew that yeah. already, kind of getting into this. I didn't know all the extra history, but I had a feeling that drums would be probably the thing. Um, so, yeah, that confirms that for me for sure. Um, yeah, that's 100% what made it possible. Just to, yeah. just to wrap that up, to make it, um, just to stay the, state a point on that, is that uh, when I played guitar, it was really hard to find someone to play with because everybody played guitar and it never sounded like music. But when I played drums, it was very easy to find a guitar player. And so I was able to start playing music with another person. And the stuff Quicker. that we were playing actually sounded like music because it had rhythm and it had a harmony on top of it. So that's when I started feeling the musical freedom that gave me the like the the answer that was like yes you can experience the enjoyment of playing music with someone that's what drums gave me that's cool that's well that's a really good establishing thing the next thing i wanted to ask you about is kind of so this is talking about playing and obviously you were in a band so i'm sure you did a little bit of recording but what was your first per se like when you were thinking about like okay i want to record a song or a project okay this is perfect this is perfect i'm so glad that these songs or these uh, ideas segued into each other because i have them written on the on our page here yeah the, the things that probably mentioned so the first one is mall jazz which is that yeah and the next one is multi-track so this is hilarious so yeah i started playing in a band and we needed a way to record ourselves so the first thing that I ever used to record anything with was actually a little, I believe it was Sony MP3 player, and it had a, <laughs> a, it had a record button on it. Would you just have like a single mic? So, okay, no, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> it gets so much better. I know the exact MP3 player you're talking about. I had one of them as a kid. Oh my God, what, so... Wait, what did it look like? Uh, <laughs> it was a little square with a shiny side, and you had a single AAA battery. You slide into it. Dude, I think that might have been it. Um, it it was like, like white and round, and it had a little blue screen on it. No, and it was dude. really so. <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe it's different. I'll, I'll look Hold it up. So actually, I think I had okay, that yeah. one as well. Okay, I'm going to look this up afterwards. Yeah, I gotta find it. So anyway, this okay, thing okay. was yeah. like bad. So the <laughs> microphone, the microphone on it was it was like it, you know the, the okay, you know the pinhole that you use to open your SIM card tray. Yeah, it's like a phone mic. It was smaller than that. <laughs> the hole was so tiny. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. you'd have to use a needle to get into there. Okay. So okay, so that was the microphone. So we literally um, we had written like a couple songs, and so we go into the band room, and he's playing on my Behringer amp, on my ten inch little or eight inch tiny little amp, as loud as it can go. It was nothing. <laughs> Nothing good in there, and it barely <laughs> overpowers. So what we do is we we would put the MP3 player in the room somewhere, and then like play it, and then then if that didn't sound good, we would put it somewhere else in the room and just try a different spot. 
lost to see where it sounded the best. And we're doing definitely the worst thing we could do. I mean, first of all, that microphone cannot handle any of the volume. I that wish you had so those recordings. They would be so funny to listen to from bro, a technical standpoint. I wonder if I could find them. I actually think the computer that I use to make them is still exists. And my mom's been trying to get me to destroy it for a long time, but I keep forgetting to because it's like the lowest of my priorities. It's yeah. literally like it's an old Dell computer with a 40 yeah. gigabyte hard drive. Oh, it's yeah. It's bad. So <laughs> the sadness in your voice. <laughs> well, I know the exact. It's probably an IDE hard drive. It's probably one of those really, really old ones. Anyways. No idea. So um, Yeah, so you're recording um, with, with that MP3 so, player. Yeah, we recorded it. And uh, eventually I got the brilliant idea to say, oh, dude, there's no way that it's ever going to sound this good recording with this MP3 player because the way that they do it for real is by multi-tracking. Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to use the MP3 player to record you play the song in full, and then we will record myself playing it with the MP3 player in full. And then I figured out that on Windows, you can use uh, Windows Sound Recorder, and if you open two files at the same time, it will play them together at the same time. <laughs> and then did you record that with the MP3 so, player a second time? <laughs> Please tell me you did. Well, actually, it's really funny that you mentioned that because that is a similar technique that um, uh, someone I'm working with actually told me they used to record their bands back in the day. But theirs was smart because they used a a um, a, a uh, like a, a boombox that had like a, actually like an OK tape recording mic, like it recorded onto tape. Yeah, and so they would record it on a tape and then put it into the second deck and then put a new deck into tape into deck a a new yeah. tape into deck a and then play deck the play the first recording out while recording the second one and then play along with that recording so every time that they would add another take the one previous was essentially being <laughs> resampled so yeah, the yeah. first take always was the worst quality but at least they were playing along with the first take yeah this is where i fucked up you can't I, be in time. You probably weren't in time at We all. didn't use a metronome. We didn't use a count-in. We didn't do anything. I literally pressed the button. I said, okay, it's recording. Go. And so then he would play the song as best as he could, and neither of us were skilled enough to actually play a song correctly the same way exactly twice. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? So he played the song, did his best effort, and then I played the song and did my best effort. And I'm like, now I'm, I'm when I played the song, I'm just counting in my head what the parts are. Like, I yeah. definitely am not remembering it properly. Like, are you kidding me? So anyway, we go to my computer I, and I download these two files and I like open up Windows Sound Recorder and I open up the other file and I'm like, okay, let's see how it goes. And then I'm like, okay, he starts playing, like he starts playing. I'm like, okay, please, I really, really hope the drums come in time. And somehow they started correctly. Oh we actually wow. waited the right amount of time. But we literally, he started playing the intro riff and then I like, I hit the first kick drum right away and immediately they went out of sync so we're listening and i'm like i'm like oh what what the fuck like why doesn't this sound good and like it's two already distorted recordings being played like together like stacking the amplitude of them so it's even more distorted there's no options you can't mix anything it's just playing them simultaneously there's literally zero functionality and i actually thought in my head that doing this would achieve some similar result to what i hear in songs from, yeah Oh my god! But I was smart because I thought to multi-track it. Yeah. So 
that was my very first experience with recording and trying to produce music was that. And you know where I legit like I actually got the idea to use sound recorder was from a video meme way back in the day of a guy who made a song using just Windows Explorer sounds. Yeah. And he opens that program up like six times and he plays each of them separately like as if they're a sample launcher. And he like hmm. pitches them, uh, like pitches some of the sounds up and down, and and uh, and it really, yeah, it, it inspired me. And I was like, oh, you can do this. Oh, that's how you, you can, can make a whole song out of that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was that. So you basically made free jazz. Um, yeah, <laughs> two different times. Um, yeah. So that I mean, that obviously wasn't super serious though. Like it, you were at the time you're probably trying to make something interesting, but you know, it's you didn't even really Is have it? the means to do it. Did oh, you I found the video? Did, <laughs> did you get a so computer and kind of like a DAW? When did that happen? And like okay, you yes, actually realized it because I, I feel like when that happened, you're probably like, okay, I actually can do this. And I'm guessing that you probably had a project in mind. Like what kind of what was that? Like if you made a project and you're like, hey, I have this set of sounds, was just recording your band, or what was your first? Uh, I would say serious, like actually be able to record it, not just. Uh... Okay, so we got to go back in time again a little bit. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these things were happening happening simultaneously. Okay. But um, I I should I forgot to mention that I used to write music on Guitar Pro, and that started um, I think in grade seven, maybe grade six when I was doing guitar stuff. I can't remember, but a friend of mine had the program, and I was like, "Well, that's so cool." So my mom bought it for me. She found it at um, uh, London Drugs or, yep. or Shoppers Drug Mart. Or I think it was London no, Drugs. It was definitely London Drugs. They used to have good software. Yeah. I bought a lot of my games from there back in the day. Yeah, it's um, it's actually funny because a lot of people are like, I can't find it. I'm like, London Drugs apparently. So I was, uh, I was producing, writing music with Guitar Pro for a long time because it was the only thing that could ever play music back to me. And it was like the only way that I as a drummer could write out musical ideas and know what it sounds like without having to learn how to play it. Again, looking for instant satisfaction instead of just playing the instrument. But yeah. at the same time, it was a handy tool to be able to like try and write things. And I didn't know anything about how guitar worked or how, like really. Um, so the things I was writing on Guitar Pro were like just pretty much fucking impossible to play so is that but, anything like a daw or is it more just a vst like what's what's the functionality no, it's there a, it's uh, nowadays it's like a daw if you actually look at the new guitar pro it definitely functions like a daw but the guitar pro 5 the one i was using you open it up and it's a staff paper and you write the okay. notes and you literally it sucks because you can't just like like on ableton with the grid how you can just drop something on any beat you want yeah. no like everything that you put on comes next in line you go one they get step by step so if you want the next beat to be a quarter note away well then you have to write a quarter note on the beat you're on you can't just write anything and then have the next one be the right rhythm like you have to use the proper notation in order to play it back properly and it was just like a single channel just played out a guitar you basically wrote a guitar line and then it played it you could, I think you could have a couple channels. I can't remember how many were allowed, but there was definitely multiple channels because um, you could use bass, guitar, and drums. It had MIDI drums, MIDI bass, and MIDI guitar. Got and it. the MIDI bass sounded great. The MIDI bass actually sounds like the standard slap bass that you hear from a MIDI slap bass, like, you know, on an Ableton mm. preset. Like, it sounded good. Like, there was yeah. nothing wrong with it. Um, but the guitar obviously sounded like garbage. Yeah. But the drums, MIDI drums were totally fine, the drums that they came with. Um, but here's the weird thing about... Uh, how it worked is that I, I had been doing that for a long time and I never stopped. I like always loved writing on Guitar Pro because again, that was just my musical expression, but I never thought it would be something useful until uh, my guitar player came back and was like, dude, my guitar teacher started teaching me how to record guitar and he got a Line 6 UX2, which is the same interface that I have right now. Yeah. And so 
he got that and uh and then also cakewalk sonar which is to, to a lot of people they'll swear by it and say it's a great program it's actually another one that um does compete with pro tools sometimes some some pros like professionals use uh sonar i, I have heard much, of it yeah yeah i don't know how well it's holding up nowadays i haven't thought about it for a long time because i hate that program but um we anyway we uh he showed me it and basically it was all we had to do in order to make things sound good was uh he recorded his guitar and since it's a it's a distorted guitar so that it's already like compressed as fuck like it's nothing you don't have to do yeah. much to the sound of a distorted guitar to make it sound <laughs> the same way that it is and you're lining directly in so you don't have to mic anything but then he's like dude you can literally bounce the midi file from guitar pro and it, open it in cakewalk and it understands the midi data and it would not it would actually automatically load up the correct synth which was really weird that's cool. i didn't understand how it was loading the vsts but all i know is you had to select external soft synth as your channel type and then if you just drag the midi onto the onto the channel as if you were going to put a midi clip into ableton it would import midi data actually it does that in ableton if you drag it from a clip it will yeah. it'll load up your instrument right so it must store it in there somehow but it was transferable between cakewalk and guitar pro which is hmm. really weird to me yeah um so Anyway, it would load up the bass mysteriously, magically, and then it would load up the drums. And I never had to do anything to those, and I didn't really know how to add effects or what any of the effects did. Uh, my uh, the my guitar player was just like, "Oh yeah, you can use a compressor on something." So, like showed me like he'd open it up and like he's like, "Put a compressor on this. It sounds good." But never turn explained some, anything. Turn some knobs, yeah. He didn't know either, but like we just you know he's like, "Oh cool," so um. Yeah, and I think we did some basic, basic EQing or something. He might have known about the like cutting bass frequencies. I don't even know back in the day. But yeah. so that's all we did. So in order for us to create a song that sounded like something actually listenable, was all we needed to do is record the guitar part because the Everything bass else... sounded fine. Yeah, and the drum sounded fine enough, right? So like we we did that for a while, and so basically, and actually, like uh, funny enough, if we uh, if you go on YouTube, there's uh, there are uh, recordings that are were done that way, um, and that I can still show you, and they sound fine. Actually, it, I was surprised how how good I got it for back then. But at the same time, there were other people who were my age at that time, and they were making like shit that actually sounded like really good. So like my standards were definitely just not high enough. So but, what what age would this have been? Um, that was in grade ten. Okay. Ten. I think um, nine, nine, ten, nine, like ten, okay. late, late nine, probably the summer of grade nine, going into grade ten, around that area. And you only so. had guitar, bro. He had sonar, so you could only work on it when you were at his place, or what was the deal there? No, he gave me the CD, and I just installed it with as his, well. all of his, his serial and all that stuff. So I was using the program, but I didn't own the interface. Oh, okay. So, um, but he guitar, would let me but you could do everything sometimes. else. What's that? You couldn't record guitar, but you could do everything else. Yeah, exactly. But eventually I ended up buying one. I bought the UX2 and that's why I still have it. And that's how I um, started doing everything is uh, through Sonar. And uh, eventually I started figuring out how to like do some more things. Like I started, you know, doing my research a little bit and like I would record drums. Like I, I actually remember trying to record my drums and like it was it was bad. There's actually a couple of music videos that I made uh, of me playing with that drum set. But it's the, it's a really tiny little uh, drum kit with like a like a 14 inch bass drum and like a super super tiny piccolo snare it's like basically something that'd be perfect for drum and bass but yeah i recorded it by using the two inputs on my ux2 and 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 my uh yamaha mixing board and so i had eight mic inputs and i would mix them by sending all of the channels 
to the left side except for the kick channel I sent to the right side. And I would <clears> mix <throat> the levels of the snare, the cymbals, and everything on the board analog. As the and, left channel, and, yeah. And then the Yes, and exactly. And send them both mono signals into input one and two on my interface, which gave me two channels, one with the top drums and one with, with the, the kick. kick drum. Smart. And that was uh, it was as close as I could get to making my drums sound like somewhat listen toable. You're already figuring uh, out routing in like grade ten. Yeah, well I mean I was super I that's another thing about mixing boards specifically is I was always I was always fascinated by mixing boards. I never understood them. I could see them and I'm like, what the fuck? Like so many knobs. How does anyone know what this is? Yeah. And uh, in grades, uh, maybe it was nine, eight, nine. Uh, no, I think it was nine. I got a very, very, very short lived job at Music Max. Um, they hired me on for the summer and I didn't realize I was going to get laid off immediately. I was also a very terrible employee. So, like, whatever. Yeah. But, um, I'm like, yeah, job at a music store, like everyone's dream, you know. And no, but like, it's like actually, sorry, uh, and I hope I don't offend anyone by saying this, but working at a music store is like where musicians' dreams go to die. Um, that is like you accepting that you didn't make it as a musician, That's and now sad. you're working at a music store. And like, I don't actually want to say that. Like, I, I take that back. I do not mean that seriously because I know plenty of very skilled musicians who work in music stores, and they just are good at selling music, and they love providing that stuff. So, like, a hundred percent, no offense to those people. But when I was there. The feeling that I got was like, I'm spending less time playing music and more time learning about how to sell an instrument to other people who come into the <clears> store <throat> and don't know what they're doing. It's probably and, your age too, like the time you were doing it as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the funny thing is like thinking about it when I was in a music store, whenever I wanted to go to a music store, I wanted to like sit down and play something to like show everyone how good I was. And it's like the people who are good at music go into the music store, buy the thing and leave because they already like are you know secure and they know what they're doing and they're going to go home and play music or do whatever the fuck they're going to do yeah. whereas like people who come into music stores and want to play they are definitely trying to show off without having the skills like it's very rare that you hear someone go into a music store and just like be really good and like rip and like kill it you know and sometimes it happens yeah but but I feel like it's it's less and less common for me to walk in there and hear something good. It's like from working there, when I was working there, it was very um, uncommon to hear someone come in and play something good as it was common to hear someone come in there and play the same riff all day long on a hundred different guitars and not even very good. Yeah. So, so I hated it. Yeah. So, so you didn't uh, like it, but, but it didn't last too long. Yeah, but what I did learn there, um, there was, a, oh yeah, is mixing boards. Because uh, I asked one of the guys who knew, I'm like, can you tell me how the hell this thing works? Like, please explain to me what in the world this thing does. And he's like, okay, well, it's like this. Like, you look at it vertically, and the channel strip goes from the top to the bottom. And I'm like, oh. And as soon as he said that, I was like, it makes perfect I understand. Sense. It makes perfect sense. And he's like, and then these knobs can send the signal to a different thing. And I'm like, oh, so you can have two things. That's how they do the thing with the thing where you can yep. hear a different thing on the you know, and so he's explaining how sends work and, and just. And it probably and related it, to Cakewalk as well, because I'm sure sonar was you know it's a DAWs of that time were kind of based off mixing boards I mean a lot of them mm -hmm. still are yeah and I think that um I think that it did have a mixing board view but I also think it had the same type of uh, volume adjustment that Ableton has where it was right on the channel and I definitely preferred using that yeah yeah um but yeah, no, I, I definitely didn't attribute it as much to actual production as much as I did just to like understanding the flow of a signal path there. I didn't put it together. I, in fact, that was the one of the biggest problems that I had with 
um, understanding how audio worked in sonar is that I didn't really realize that the effect chain had a send order. I just, I didn't really think about it that like yeah. it comes out of one effect and goes into another. <laughs> like I just kind of, I guess I assumed they were all running in parallel because they're just in like a, like slots on the side that go like vertically, just like how logic works. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't know what was the top or what was the bottom. And, uh, and I didn't really think too much about it, but, uh, that's what changed everything when I started using Ableton is understanding that the signal goes and follows a very linear path that goes from left to right, the same way that the sound does, well, or the same way that the play bar does, right? Yeah, it's really interesting that, that you kind of come to that realization just by, you know, using this different software. But it's such a fundamental thing that, you know, not a lot of people, there's not like a tutorial per se on how to think about it but a lot a lot of questions i've heard from people that i've been not i'm not a teacher but i'll be working with somebody it's like well how do you know that this effect should go here or like in ableton you know you're grouping you're, you're choosing a parallel or a sequential um signal chain and like the longer you do it obviously it just makes sense you're like oh we just want this effect to be after that one but at first it's like it doesn't make any sense and it's definitely a skill that is i, I feel like you probably started learning pretty early on um like when just being in the DAW, mix, messing around with mixers and whatnot. But yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, I feel like not a lot of people really focus on that stuff too much because it's a really basic thing, right? Um, it's, it's not a basic thing as in it should be expected to, like you should be expected to just know it. It's not a hard thing to understand, but it's definitely something that's easy to overlook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, getting back to um, your story then, we've kind of gone, we've kind of talked about kind of, you know, the first instruments, your instruments, and then kind of starting to record them. What I would then mm. want to kind of loop in on is, because uh, we're getting pretty long here, we're just at over about an hour and 40 minutes. Because mm-hmm. um, like we talked about projects and we kind of talked about recording, but I'd like to talk about like maybe an artist or a band. Uh, that was like, do you have a name or a band that was like kind of one of the first projects you did and what was kind of the goal there? Um, the goal of that project. Um, like what was the goal of the first project that I did starting as a band? Is that what you're asking? Well, like something when you start thinking like really seriously musically, like obviously not before, like before Kotak, before that was, uh, you know, that's obviously a project and it's an idea in itself. What were some before then kind of, you know, maybe a bit after grade 10, grade 11, when you started getting more serious in that kind of stuff, when you had Ableton. uh, Yeah. So essentially, um, I really wanted to make it in this band. I started in high school, but then it sort of fizzled out. Um, you know, I was putting all my time and effort into it and then eventually they just kind of stopped, um, caring about it, which I don't blame them. It wasn't really going anywhere. Um, but I continued on doing like my own sort of thing. And that's when I like, I got a guitar. Um, I got a bass first cause I thought bass was really cool. And I wanted to learn how to play bass again. Cause like, or again, I wanted to learn how to play bass for the first time. Cause like I saw people playing it and like slapping and doing cool stuff. And I'm like, I want to do that. So I got a bass and eventually I got a guitar. And uh, actually for the first little while I was doing all of the songs on just my bass. I was, I would throw a distortion on the bass and just play it on the higher two strings. And it sounded like a guitar. So I was able to get away with it. So I just started making my own like solo metal, like progressive, like super, ridiculous songs like i was trying to emulate dream theater because that's who i was super into back then so i was writing like 10 minute long like songs that were like super epic and like crazy now i guess i still definitely still have all these things around um and i I changed my project to mike m the music man how creative yeah um so (laughs) anyway uh yeah i made a couple songs like under that alias and like and then i since i didn't have anyone to play with like metal wise anymore i started to like I started, I don't even know what I was doing. Like I, I knew I wanted to do music and I was super serious about it. There was never a time where I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I, I made a choice. In fact, I made the choice to 
be a musician in grade 10 because I remember that was the first time I had the option of whether or not to choose to continue taking French. And I knew that I had to have my grade 10 French in order to do a bunch of different things in college. And I'm like, I'm like, I I was remember being really frustrated that I had to make this decision that early in my life. I'm like, I'm in grade 10 right now and I'm making a decision that could fuck me over later. Um, But I'm like, I guess now or never. And I'm like, I don't want to do French. So I guess I'm not going to be an engineer. I'll be a musician. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Whoops. So uh, anyway, I I, uh, I was trying to figure it out, but my luck was kind of like dwindling at that point because I didn't have any band members and I wanted to be in a band, but I did have my best friend who was super into jazz. And so I was playing with him and I was still doing jazz in high school and stuff. And I got to the point where I was good enough to like hold my own and like in any small gig, like I yeah. could show up and play and it would be like, okay, like I, you know, I wouldn't do anything too, too drastically bad. Yeah. You so play um, with other people. Yeah, 100%. I could sit down, they could call a song, I could play it, and I could start and stop at the same time. I might not, like, do all the perfect things in the middle, but, like, you know, it'll sound somewhat professional enough that people don't hate themselves when they're listening to it. Um, So I continued playing jazz with, uh, you know, with him and, like, made a couple bands and, like, went around town, like, getting small gigs and, like, doing things. But either way, I I kept musical, but uh, my heart was never in it as, like, the music that I really wanted to do. I always wanted to make some sort of, like, heavy, like invigorating powerful music because like i guess you know i i think that if i think back to you know i think i was like i guess bullied as a kid and so that made me want to um be feel powerful maybe i guess i don't know and like the sound of like heavy music made me feel big and powerful and so like i wanted to create that feeling and 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 give that to other people as well yeah so i was always into this like super big invigorating like powerful like exciting complicated music and i you know especially complicated stuff because i wanted to demonstrate how skilled i was because i wanted you know people to think i was skilled yeah so um yeah it goes into like uh, that just kind of followed me and i i kept making like some sort of like prog rockish style type stuff that was you know trying to be something but uh it wasn't until way later that i started realizing um well rather let me start it this way um a while that went on for a while and i wasn't sure exactly what i was going to do but then uh my friend who i was talking about was playing jazz went away to college and i started uh, hanging out with his brother of all people because we would meet up at uh the college i was going to yeah um, for lunch and then we started going back to his place and stuff and it was a familiar location to hang out and it was really close to the school um so yeah we were hanging out and he uh, started making um, techno music or what he called techno music at the time or uh, yeah he's like I'm making techno and I'm like what the hell like what are you talking about because to me electronic music was like Eiffel 65 like I didn't understand electronic music like, yeah I didn't know how it was made I didn't know really what it was and at this point it's 2010 um, and I my only experience really with electronic music was a giant folder of drum and bass that someone gave me in grade 11 which is actually pretty dope it was some pretty good classic songs and I was super into it I liked drum and bass a lot yeah um, but again had no idea how to make it um, Eiffel 65 was like my other idea and then um, and then random <laughs> dubstep that people showed me and this is actually hilarious because that's um, kind of when it started to started to rise a little bit around that time well yeah so that's kind of what happened is my guitar player in like grade 12 he started getting into sort of like dubstep stuff and like he stopped really caring about like metal music and like he was playing more jazz on guitar than anything but he was showing me a lot of dubstep but he explained it like this he said yeah you have to listen to these hour-long songs and find the good parts and that's how you like get music for like dubstep and stuff so he's like trying to show me a song and he's bringing up people's sets and like <laughs> fast forwarding to like the like a certain point and he's like this part's so cool and i'm like 
how do I listen to that? And he's like, you, you don't like, it's just in the, in the set. And like, I'm like trying to figure out how to listen to like a song, like one song. And he's like, no, they're all like two hours long. And I'm like, this can't be right. Like, so anyway, that's what I thought dubstep was is dubstep. Early was something. On, and I'm yeah. like, I'm thinking like the way that they make it is like other people listen to other people's long ass sets and they just like, they kind of like basically what we do, except instead of like just playing out track to track, what's like part of set to part of set. And people are just using multiple sets. I'm like, how did you make, how did they make the first one? Like, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I didn't think too much about it or that it was something that I could do. Yeah. But, but you met anyway, this friend so who was doing tech. Yeah. And I go to his house and he opens up Ableton and, I'm like, well, that looks like a DAW. That looks like it's the same as Sonar, except it's backwards. All the tracks are on the right instead of the left. Yeah. Um. So, and and then he starts playing some music, and he and he, I'm like, what, like, what the, what do you, what the fuck is this? And he's like, oh, it's Electro House. And I'm like, Electro House, like, what? I'm expecting it to be like techno, like, like just like yeah. actual, like, like, like warehouse techno, like my bad idea of what techno is back in the day. Yeah. Um. And and so he plays that and then he starts showing me music starts me like zed and i remember it was it was uh zed's remix of scary monsters and nice sprites and i heard it and i was like holy shit like this this sound is huge like it's absolutely huge it is just as big if not bigger than like metal because we've got a huge frequency range the complexity of it is so much more complicated than anything you could ever do on an instrument like the way that the sounds are because it was complexro at that point that was oh my god that shit was there's so much going on oh yeah so like i literally an instant music boner i was like whoa like and then and then he's like yeah and they make it with this program i'm like Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me that one person can sit in their room, use this program, and create music that sounds that good? Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to worry about paying for expensive microphones. You don't need to mix things on a mixing board. You don't need to learn a bunch of things on a bunch of different I'm like, my brain is exploding at this point. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. This is the thing, I can use it. Holy shit. And so I'm like, I have a fucking orchestra at my fingertips. And he's like explaining to me like how you like do automation. Like, cause I was something that I never knew about at all. Cause I didn't even get that deep in sonar. I thought you just put the effect on and that and was then it. You're I, good, yeah. I had no idea. I thought you had to like do it live or something. Like I like record it out and like move knobs. I don't even, I don't even know. I didn't think yeah, about it. You just didn't think about He's it. Like, yeah, you just click on this and like, you just draw this line. And when you play it, that knob will move. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, that's crazy. Like you could do anything. You could move any knob and make any sound turning into any sound. He's like, yeah, basically. I'm like, ah, so whole that, opened world. Up that was the day it like opened the can of worms. I was like, fuck. So I just, I went home and I instantly like got it right away. And I started going in and I started turning knobs and I'm like, how do I make the sound? How do I make the sound? How do I make the sound? I started looking at YouTube tutorials and I just watched, watching tutorials, 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 like everything, yeah. like figuring it out. I was like, Oh, what's a plugin? Oh, cool. Like sweet. So like, this is what plugins are. I started looking for plugins, start downloading samples. And I remember we were using this really bad sample pack that he had and like all the drums in it were just like so trash. There was the worst yeah. at all, like so bad. And then, um, one of my friends, um, brothers, uh, was a producer who was like older, you know, so he had some shit and he's like, here, let me hook you up. And he gave me the vengeance sound pack. Uh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I started going through these and I'm like, whoa, these kicks are huge. Like this these kicks yeah. actually sound amazing. Like they're so big and fat. And I'm like, dude, this is insane. I took it over my, my buddy's house to show me able I'm like, here, take all these samples. And he's like, oh, I don't need any more samples. And he starts going through these. He's like, holy fuck. Like these are really good. Right. So we started making yeah. like music with samples and we started looking for BSTs and, that and, whole uh, can of worms opened up. Yeah. It's everything, funny. Everything that parallels, like the way you described that is so similar to when you described when you first heard a drum and then it was like, okay, all I need to do now is like get a drum kit and then learn and then go and go. It's funny how those two kind of stories paralleled for you. It's like first was the drum kit. And then the, the, you know, once you had kind of that, 
base of music then you now moved into like listening to electronic music and obviously that just opens an entirely new world well exactly because the, at the beginning i needed to find something that i could play yeah found drums find that i could play it and then i needed to find a way to make full music found people you know and then that stopped working and then i was like i need a way to make music still so i learned the other instruments i learned bass i learned guitar i relearned piano and then yeah. i was like like no matter how hard i tried playing all the instruments being a one-man band there was no end result that saw that i could see that i'm like how am i ever going to perform this like how am i ever going to like am i really going to make it as a one-man producer thing like is it even a thing like it sounds like a joke like i'm not a monkey so anyway as soon as that last step like i saw ableton and i was like i can you you I realized this. that real music production was a thing. Like you can actually produce music like on your own, like using yeah. tools that are actually available to you. Like, yeah, that was it, man. That was, that was when my, my musical, like, so everything uh, took off entity skyrocketed. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy. Cause like that we have really definitely, like you we were saying earlier, we really have different, like our, our upbringings are totally different in terms of how we were introduced to music. I think in the beginning, we both have that foundation of piano. And we kind of had like, you know, a, a base learning of that. But it's interesting how you came to a DAW being like, okay, now I can finally record all these ideas. Like this is, I have all these things that I want to get done. And now you can actually, you have the ability. It's now a tool you can use. Whereas for me, I just like sat down like, oh, look at GarageBand. It's an application on my Mac. I give it a try. And I started messing around with it. But it's crazy you started back in, in Ableton in 2010. No wonder, yeah. no wonder you have so much experience. Well, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it was 2011 when I started using Ableton. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just funny thinking back to it because the, the way I was comparing it to what you were telling me is that you, you're like kind of the opposite where you're like music is like kind of cool, but it doesn't really matter. Like I dabbled, but it didn't really like care or stick until you started finding music you could collect, you know, yeah. and then you collected music and then you still didn't really think about like making music until all of a sudden you found the program, right? Is that kind of what you said? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd have like, yeah, I'd have music in my head and whatnot, but when I found logic, I mean, obviously I started with logic. I didn't switch to Ableton until 2016 when I met you. You're the one who basically said, why the, why the hell yeah, are I remember using that. this program? I was like, I don't know. It's what I learned. And I, I mean, early on people were always like, oh, you can never switch DAWs. Once you choose it, it's, you're stuck in it for life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, you know that, like that's, there's so many people that used to say that. Yeah, it's like kind of, just kind of true though. Like, uh, I, think, sort of. I think it took me probably a month to be better producing in Ableton than it did to be producing in Logic. That, to be fair, yeah. Logic has a ton of limitations, especially, it just, I don't like the workflow. It's very much uh, like a tracking workflow. It's more of like you're recording a band. I don't think from an electronic standpoint, Ableton just is much more divert, much more capabilities. And luckily I had yeah. you to basically teach me. So, you know, I yeah. basically, I relearn Ableton very quickly because I've only been using it for probably three and a half years now. Yeah. They're not even that much different to be completely honest. Like they're no. just like the logic is just like the menus are just more complicated to find. It's just like not as fast that way. Well, the but way the macros the work, the way the macros work, oh, and yeah. that that's is Ableton specialty. And that's really what it, what for me is so important to be, to be able to simplify things. Cause in Ableton it's just, or Mac, live is just too complicated. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I think it was a good, I'm glad we did this episode. Cause like this is, oh. Okay, hold on. Let me just yeah. finish the thing I was going to say. It's just because the reason why I was mentioning that is the difference between the way that we came about it is it's like you 
seemed to have stumbled into it and then enjoyed it. And then like once you found it, obviously you're like, I like production and, and you, you dug deeper. Like everyone gets to a point where you start digging on your own. Yeah. But it's not like you, you started with the intention of that. Whereas for me, from the beginning, I was looking for a way to do it. I was like searching for it. Yeah. And finally found it right and then when i found it it was like i you know i finally got this piece of me that was missing all along whereas you were like i didn't know this piece of me was missing until i found it yeah it's i definitely i definitely agree with that i definitely stumbled onto it and uh yeah it's just and now i mean i feel like i spend i spend a lot of time in in a daw or, or whatnot but it's and I, like you're saying you you know, I've found interests in like down musical avenues. Sound design is a great example that, you know, not, nobody in my family has even, it's not like I was introduced to it in any way. I just basically mm-hmm. d- looked into it on the internet. I met you and now I'm making the most terrible Crazy. square waves you've yeah. ever even heard of it. Like it's, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I wonder if I can break this plugin. Like what it's, it's interesting how it just, you kind of follow this track down and you end up where you end up. <laughs> yeah it's dude time is nuts yeah everything is crazy yeah but we got here that's all that matters yep that's really interesting well we should definitely do some more specific uh dives back down later on because there's definitely more that i wanted to talk about in terms of like sp- there's specific points where i like had time i had like i want to ask this but i don't want to interrupt the train of thought so okay I word there's i wrote a couple of those down so maybe we'll uh follow up on those not right away Sweet. but at some point we can it's just a good another idea to talk about so all right that sounds good i think on that note i mean there's really that that was a pretty good uh that was a, that was a good session good good I session. a lot thanks for listening and uh I'm Mike Zone. I'm Joel Pod. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace.